Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Chimp Talk. I'm here with Kevin Visser on episode seven. He was here on episode six, so thanks for coming, bro. My pleasure, man. Round two. Um, there's some a couple of things I want to clarify. Um, one of uh, one of our friends watched uh, the the podcast. One of the four people that watched the podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! We got homies. <laughs> no, but uh, she commented uh, on um, the, the remember the superhero the the. The, if I had a superhero power, yeah, yeah. it'd be a the guy. Question there? It'd be the guy that would shoot eyebrows like to people and like. Wasn't it love? Them. No, no, it wasn't love. Bro, shut up! Don't go there. It uh, was love at one point. <laughs> <Shut> up, <bro. laughs> the superhero is is, is a, like a guy would take eyebrows. Like if I was a superhero, I would like be able to like grab one of my eyebrows and, <laughs> and like laser it onto somebody. <laughs> like boomerang re- some yeah, person. Exactly. <laughs> Bo- boomerang it and like recatch it. <laughs> But um and and then I was thinking about it and uh, it'd be quite the, the the cultural uh thing to 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 have that superhero. I feel like Middle Easterns and like brown people don't have a superhero. <laughs> so I could be like the Black Panther, but for like the Middle Eastern people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, okay, give me the give me the link. Give me the link. Cause okay. I ain't gonna say the link. You <laughs> tell me the link. So Middle Eastern brown people, what, like, what's the link with eyebrows? <laughs> They have thick eyebrows, okay, so okay. they have somebody to look up to. You know what I mean? <laughs> to like empower like, them, yeah, exactly. With the like eyebrow like, feel, yeah, exactly. You should be empowered to have bushy eyebrows. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be like an insecurity. You know what I mean? And I remember when I was a kid, that w- that's what I would get bullied on. You know what I mean? In, yeah, yeah. In the like elementary school or like beginning of high school, you know. There are there are a lot of superheroes, right? The whole point is that like there's a bunch so that you could relate to one of them. Exactly. So I agree with you. So how cool would this movie look like? So you have this little kid with bushy eyebrows, like in high school, like getting make, made fun of, like ha ha ha. They're like pushing him onto the like uh, the lockers and shit and making fun of him for having bushy eyebrows. And there was the huge war on terror, so like uh, all the the Middle Eastern people and yeah, then, yeah. like they're being like stigmatized and whatnot. And getting called and terrorists then, and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then like the, this kid, like I would I would love to direct it personally. I wouldn't want to be the actual bushy eyebrow superhero. Um, yeah. I would love to direct it. So Kanye West, um, please invest in my ideas. Um, if you're listening to this, <laughs> um, <laughs> this, is, this is an open invitation, Kanye West. <laughs> so essentially, what would happen? How I imagine, like the opening, like scene, it would be kind of like this girl's like being surrounded by like three, three dudes that want to like give her trouble or like harass her or whatnot. And then like the guy with the bushy eyebrows passes by, and he's like, hey. Guys, what are you doing? Leave her alone. And the, and the, and the guys turn around and like, hey, 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 uh, hey, pal, keep walking, you know. And then next thing you know, like he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want to hurt people. You know that that dilemma that every superhero has. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like a like a classic. But I got like one question. This is what I find the, the most interesting in the superhero tales and everything. So how did he get that power? So he went from getting bullied, oh, right? Okay, yeah, sure. So he went from getting bullied, bullshit eyebrows and stuff. Like, what <laughs> the fuck happened? He went into uh, into a esthetician one day to get his eyebrows lasered, but okay. then like the, it the went so wrong. <laughs> it went rogue. <laughs> <laughs> like Deadpool style. Like, oh fuck! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something okay. fucked up Now you got a movie, bro. Now, now you got, I got a movie. A movie. <laughs> Kanye, you hear that? <laughs> so he comes out of the the esthetician like all fucked up, you know what I mean? <laughs> then he's like he's like six months in the hole, super depressed, like he's got this weird like, like it's worse, yeah, bro. It's even worse. 
It's even worse. And one day he wakes up, bro, and he starts realizing his superpowers slowly but surely. Yeah, exactly. Like as he unwraps his like forehead because his forehead is like wrapped. Yo, imagine he's walking down, and, and he's like he's about to get like a baseball in the face because he gets bullied all the time and stuff. He's about to get a baseball in the face or something, or a football, and then the eyebrow stops him, and, and he's like. <laughs> and then he starts like, he starts realizing his powers like that. It's like, oh shit, I gotta harness this eyebrow. Get <laughs> fucked. Oh shit, the caffeine hit me, bro. <laughs> I like that. Now I got green tea though to cover up. Okay, wait. <laughs> you know, there's more caffeine in green tea. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm down for. Okay. Um. Yeah, I want to clarify that. So, um, I would love to be a director for that movie. I so, think. what was the clarification exactly? <laughs> the clarification <laughs> is that I don't want to be the actual superhero, and I want to direct it. And I hope that somebody uh, sees this and could fund it, because <laughs> that'd be fucking great. <laughs> like, I would call the superhero Young Brows, because mm. the the thing is, there is uh, the Prince of Persia. But we can't have P- Prince of Persia for all the Middle Eastern people. You know, you it has yeah. to be feel like. Uh, it's one person that represents all Yes, they include the, Yeah, exactly Not just Persia Yeah And then, uh, yeah It would be fucking awesome And mm-hmm. uh, there would be like But next thing you know There would be like r- like Protests and like riots about it Like people don't want Middle Easterns to have a superhero So there's like security blocking Like the movie theaters For like the, the, Like the protesters That want to protest against it It would be fucked up But I think it would be a lot of fun um, Yeah, a lot of people don't know that Have you seen Black Panther? No me neither. I haven't seen it. I want to check it. it out, man. I definitely want to see it. Like it, it broke a bunch of like records and stuff too. Yeah, I know. So I'm down to see it. Same. Uh, I listened to the album that Kendrick did. Yeah, yeah that was, was pretty fire, man. A sick album. That was pretty fire. The weekend coming out with some new sound. Some new sound. It sounded yeah, it was good. Yeah. Some good stuff. No, I was sick. People don't know that you're half Mexican. <laughs> people don't know. All four people. Now watch. That watched uh yeah Jim I'm Tom. half Mexican, and um, it's that simple. T- like like when I think of like uh, South America and like mm. Latin America, I just feel like somewhat intimidated like to go there and uh, and whatnot. Like uh, you've been to Mexico, right? Yeah, and like one thing is that Mexico is actually North America. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just letting you know, yeah, no, sure. North America, but um. Tell me a little bit like about that. Like, is it as gangster as the movies make them seem? Like El Chapo and 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 all that. It depends where, man. Like to be honest, like I don't want to say that I, I've been everywhere. I would love to backpack Latin America, you know, Central America. I know people that have, you know, single single girls doing it. So I know that there's ways that you could do it, like and be safe. I know a lot of people that have done it, but I do also know that there's some dangerous places. And like I'll speak from experience in Mexico. When I went like a while back, maybe like eight years or something like that, maybe even 10, like there was a lot of gang shit going on and it like where my family is, <laughs> you're about to laugh. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about the eyebrow superhero could come to your rescue. In, for real. In well, Dem- speaking of which, like where's the Mexican superhero? I don't know. Do you guys have one? I Like we're just not integrated into that like culture I guess. scheme. Like we got our own like culture. Would it be a wrestler? What would it be? Like a do you know Mexican wrestler? wrestler? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Mexican wrestler. No, I yeah. feel like that's a that would be cool. But like it reminds me of the kudo guy, a kudo guy. 
it'd be sicker oh, if like yeah the kudo the, the kudo animation uh, yeah exactly yeah. but it'd be i don't know it'd be sick if you fucking like threw chilies bro like he just <laughs> threw that heat <laughs> somehow he could do like any type of heat you know just a little picante so people are like ah, ah. and then he like evades like pepper spray style but then like that straight fire so he could like just disintegrate people too yeah i don't know if uh people the, the latin people would want that so you're gonna have to put a little bit more thought into that and then mm. next time you come on the podcast you'll have a, i'll a have super, the pitch yeah exactly you'll you'll have the pitch, have the but, pitch, but, pitch. but tell me about the mexico well all, all i was saying is that like when i went near the border um because like everything's happening to bring drugs into the u.s and canada right right like let's put that out there so what happens is that like the border of mexico is the closest thing to the u.s right they share a border together so anybody who's <laughs> you're tripping <laughs> balls bro <laughs> you joke about the eyebrow catching <laughs> <laughs> okay, yo, wait. I have to get my shit together. Okay, go. for real. Okay, I'm, I'm talking about some serious shit right okay, now. Okay, no, that's true, true. Sorry. Okay, go. Because young Brown ain't here to save us right okay, now. Wait, be, be, before you do that, okay, yeah, I, mean, I keep stalling the the Mexico story. Um, I'm gonna, just gonna start distributing the cards for poker. Okay. Cool. Okay, so keep keep saying the story. So, <clears throat> U.S. And Mexico share a border, and then back in the day, like if we've all seen Pablo Escobar, you know. Um, what was it called narcos and all these things anyways back in the day how drug used to get into the u.s the cocaine trade um the cocaine cowboys all of those things how they used to get into the u.s was airplanes and then what happened is that airplanes aren't the shit anymore you can't fly in a bunch of cocaine via airplanes because of technology because of border patrol because of all of these things so what ended up happening is that you have to do it by foot you know, you have to do it by car, by foot, or by tunnels. And you can't tunnel from Colombia to the U.S., right? Because they don't share a border. It's far. You have to fly. So what happens is that you're flying all of these things to Mexico, which is like a fly-free zone. Let's say, like, bring your cocaine, no problem, or bring your drugs, no problem. And then you're bringing it into the U.S. via tunnels, via all of these things. So that's how it started, right? And that's how Mexico started getting power. Because just like every war, it's geographical locations, you know? Like, it's this geography that wins it. So that happened, and then the closer you are to the border, the more intense the shit gets because, like, that's, like, Mexico side because mm -hmm. that's where you want to be because that's the easiest, like, you're holding the best territory. Right. So if you're at the south, 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 well, like... It's harder for you to... Yeah, like, you're still going to have yeah. to go up, but if you're right there and you're like, you can't pass these things or I, I run this, like, I run this territory, if you want to bring drugs across this, you have to pay me a tax, then you're getting more and more tax, and they were fighting for that, and there was cartels in Mexico like six or five different cartels in Mexico that were fighting for control, basically. And El Chapo is one of them, the Sinaloa cartel. Mm -hmm. And he actually, like, he won. You know, he created, like, an agency in between them. Like, he did straight mafia-style st shit. But now El Chapo is in prison in the yeah, U.S., in right? the U.S. He got extradited to the U.S. Yeah, okay. But, like, all that to but, say... Uh, but apparently, like, he still yeah. runs some shit. Yeah. Well, he's, okay, he's, got, he's got kids. I forget how many kids he's got, but I think he's got, like, six sons or something like that. Damn, okay. But yeah, he's got a lot. But like all that to say is that when I went to Mexico, my family lives in Monterrey, which is close to the border. Like okay. it's the biggest city. It's the second biggest city in Mexico. And it's north. It's more north than Mexico City. Okay. So that place, um, when I went, I got into some like altercations right. with gang people and stuff like that, which were fucking scary. I'm not going to lie. Like having like a m16 pointing at your face isn't like you're not used to that like right. being a canadian kid and how old were you when, when this was happening i was like 16 17 okay and like even the army pulls you over as well because it's like the cops are paid 
Mm-hmm. So like there's a, there's a couple of stories, but I've been in altercations where like, you know, I either uh, get a gun pointed at me, someone like shows me a gun or whatever it is, all of those things, which are like pretty scary. And I've also, when I was there, people were like dying, people were getting shot up. And like, you know, like they were finding bodies in the street, like that street, they found like a, like pieces of arms and stuff, but it was all like gang related incidents. The, the, the scariest part about that was that there's street gangs, right? And the street gangs aren't like the cartel. The cartel, like, for lack of better words, are more respectful and they keep it between cartel business. But street gangs, what they do is that they, they literally try and extort you. So you have um, you have a store and they come up to your store and they're like, yo, you owe me rent. Like, you owe me 100 bucks, right? Protection and stuff. Where the cartel's not necessarily doing that. Right. And these street gangs are doing that and they're terrorizing people. They're literally going into your house and saying, give me your money and stuff like that. So they're doing, like, low-level thug Fines. shit. Okay. And that's... That's the scary part because that's when, like, your aunt gets hit in the face with a pistol and, like, stole, stolen from her. Or that's when the guy goes in a pizza hut and kills the guy and grabs, all like, all the money and stuff. Right. It's those petty thugs that do it. I don't, like, no disrespect. Don't come kill me. But. Yeah. But, okay, yeah, cartels are more, like, big and they do big business. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, make, it makes sense the way but, I see it. But tell me about, like, one of the experiences. I know you, I remember you telling me we had a sauna talk. Yeah. And uh, you were telling me about, about, like, how you went into the club. Yeah, that one was a crazy one. Okay, was that the scariest one? That no, there's one scarier than that. Okay, but say the club and then say the scarier one. All right, so the, like, uh, so um, I was with, yeah, so I was with like uh, three or four of my my cousins, and you know, like here we have like supper clubs as well, so it's like you you eat, then after it turns into a, a club, right? So I was at like a supper club, chilling, and this is the time where it's like they're telling people like don't go out, like it's dangerous to go out. Because the people who are going out are involved in like drug stuff or like you know they're they're gangsters, so don't go out. But like we're coming from Canada, my other cousins coming from the U.S. and we're there and we're like, come on, let's go out, let's go out, let's go out, let's go out. Um, we're not just gonna stay in, so let's go out. So we end up going to this place that's supposed to be nice and like all of these things. It's a supper club, so it's like starts off with Norteño music, which is like accordions and it's like it's like rancher like right. Mexican music. Okay. But then after a certain amount of time, we eat all that stuff. It starts getting to reggaeton. It starts getting funky and stuff. And you're like, yeah, it's some Daddy Yankees playing and shit. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, okay, I feel this. I feel this. Clear the tables. People are dancing and stuff. I'm like, damn, this is cool. And then um, at one point, like, there's these porucas. <laughs> but there's these beautiful women that walk in and they're dancing on the dance floor. And they're, like, straight models. Like, you would, like, straight Latina models. Like, gorgeous, you know? And I'm like, damn. And... Me being who I am, I'm like, yo, I'm going to go talk to these people. You know, I'm going to go talk to these women. It's like a girl of four or five, like, all dancing. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, I'm this, you know, I'm a, a different person. I could go in. I could talk to them and be like, I'm you not could, from you here. You could say you were attracted to them. <laughs> no, but I, I could be like, I'm not from here. I could play that card, you know, yeah. and be like, yo, I'm Canadian. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm interesting. You want to know, get like things like that, let's say. Anyways, they're super nice, too. I remember they were super nice. And I was like, shit, this is dope. Like, they're cool. Then my cousin comes in, and then we're talking to them. Everything is going great. And, like, I think, like, five, ten minutes in, we kept, we keep talking and having a good time. Then some guy comes. He's, like, dancing. And he comes to me, and he just, was, like. Was he actually dancing? Yeah, I swear. Like, because <laughs> we're all, like, dancing and talking. So he's, like, dancing. <laughs> he comes. And he just, like, he, like, taps me on the shoulder. Like, really nice. Taps me on the shoulder. And he's, like, yo, man. I'm, like, what's up? He's, like, these girls are with me. I'm like, cool, man. That's really awesome, man. My name's Kevin. Like, nice to meet you and stuff. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, these girls are with me. And I'm just like, like, what is this guy talking about? Like, obviously all in Spanish. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? Then he lifts up his shirt. He's like, these girls are with me. And he had, like, literally, like, a pistol right there. And he was just like, he's like, you see what the fuck I'm talking about? Like, legit. And I was just like, 
right, cool. You know, and I literally, right from there, I went to the bathroom, and my cousin followed me. I was like, what the fuck, bro? Like, it was intense. And then after that, like, we scoped out the scenario. These guys were, like, having bottles in, like, the VIP area, and they were, like, they were, like gangsters, and these girls were with the gangsters. And I went to, like, talk to them, and the guy's like, don't, like, yeah. don't talk to them. Yeah. So that was pretty, like, you know, you're just dancing, you think you're doing your thing, and then after, you're just like, oh, shit, like... My bad, but the guy was nice at least. You know, yeah. he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't do anything to me. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's one of them. Which is like, there's another story after that, but it doesn't matter. But the fucking scariest story okay. to me was uh, when I went to my uncle's funeral. Okay, my uncle actually got misdiagnosed pills for like a thyroid gland, and he ended up dying. So that's fucked up. There's a lot of there's a lot of deaths in the U.S. Actually, believe it or not, that are from being prescribed the wrong drug. Okay, this happened in the U.S. It no, this happened in Mexico. in Mexico. But I mean, like, even in the U.S., like, it I think it's the number two cause of death is because of uh, misdiagnosis and giving prescribed wrong drugs, which is pretty fucked up. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Like, imagine the doctors are killing you. Legit. You're yeah. like, oh, yeah, I have pain here. They give you something, you react to it, and you die. Yeah. So I, um, my uncle died, rest his soul, and then we were going to uh, his funeral. And we were dressed to the nines, obviously. So we were like in a suit, we're going to his funeral, we're coming back from his funeral, it's like maybe 11 o'clock at night, and we're going um, in this, my, my cousin's SUV. We keep going, and sometimes they have roadblocks, right? And they have roadblocks, but usually traffic just circulates, and all they do is stop cars that are nice cars, or nicer looking cars, because the, it's the army, right? So the army wants to see the, the drug dealers or the gangsters, basically. They're driving like Hummers. They're driving like sick-ass cars. So they, they do these blocks to catch them, you know? And, and then when they catch them, they basically go in shootouts with each other. Either they catch them, which rarely they do, or they shoot them out and, like, they try and run away and stuff, which happens a lot, like, back in the day. It still happens now, but that's what happened. So since we were dressed in nines and, like, a, ni- a nice-ish SUV, four dudes in it, um, we we're trying to go through the, like, checkpoint. And then they're like, no, 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 like, come come to the side because they're like, what, like, these guys are different, you know what I mean? So we go to the side. I, like, again, it's the same time. I'm, like, 16. I, like, speak Spanish, but, I, like, I, I got, like, a, I got an accent. So I go, and then my cousin turns around, who the, the one who's driving and lives in Mexico, he turns around and he's like, don't you say a fucking word. I don't want him to recognize your accent. Because sometimes, like, this is what he told me. I don't know if he was just scaring me, but he's like, sometimes the army isn't even the army. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it could be like, he wanted to make sure it was actually the army. Because the army's for you, but let's say someone's impostering the army. Then, like, he, he was tripping. He's like, I don't want him to recognize your accent or anything like that. Just don't say a fucking word. I do the speaking. I'm like, all right. So we get there, and I right away, and by the way, they're in ski masks, right? Because they don't want you to see them. Yeah, exactly. To not recognize them. Yeah. Exactly. So they're in ski masks, and then they're like, everyone get out of the car. So you get out of the fucking car. <laughs> so it's 11 o'clock at night. You can just picture this. Uh, 11 o'clock at night, I get out of the car. Ski the, mask. Ski mask. And like, M16s. And then I'm, I get out of the car. I turn around to see. There's like, there's literally a Jeep with a mounted Humvee. A guy like with a mounted, like whatever, 45 calories yeah. on a Jeep like that. Ready and, to unload if anything. Actually. And then there's like, there's I swear to God, there's like eight. There's like eight army dudes with ski masks and just like M16s or whatever, like, you know, automatic things. And literally like gangster, like, I don't know if it was grenades or whatever, but they had, they were strapped to the nines. You know what I mean? Army boots and everything. They're ready to go. And I'm just there like back to them, just like tripping motherfucking balls. Then I just hear him talking to my cousin, like, where are you going? Like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I came, I'm coming from my uncle's funeral, all of these things, blah, blah, blah. Who are these people? They're my cousins. No, no, no. And there's like, guys, okay, give me your ID. Give me your papers. Everything checks out. He's like, I right, go. 
smooth. That's it. But for me, I was tripping balls, dude. Like, I was like, oh, my God. It was fucking crazy for me. And, yeah, that's that, and then for me, that's the most intense story. There's other, like, small, intense ones where, like, if you would have went to that Pizza Hut on Friday, you probably, like, you would have been in a holdup, might have got shot and stuff like that, which is pretty crazy as well. Things like it that. It looks so, uh, like, ruthless on, uh, on TV shows, but, it's like, you never know if it's, like, actually like that or not. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. But it, it like... But, um... There was a time where it's ruthless. Now it's a lot better because I still have family there, right? So now they could go out. And now they party. And now they have fun and stuff like that, which before they couldn't. Like, they tell me, like, come. Like, it's not like it used to be. Yeah. But, the, like, I'm pretty sure Honduras has, like, the highest homicide rate. Yeah. Um, and I remember uh, writing a paper, like, when I was uh, doing a, one of my politics classes in the university. And uh, one of the reasons why it never, like, it, like cleans up Mm. But like the gov- the government can never get like a stronghold and, and like start cleaning things up and like getting rid of the cartel and everything is because in uh, Latin America there's a lot of clientelism it's called and what what that means it's a political term for like just buying people out yeah, like yeah. everybody just buys each other out so it's like if even if you're a politician you want to come after the cartel for instance you just end up getting paid you know what I mean and everybody just pays each other and I and I remember that being the same case when I went to Iran like mm. if you get stopped by a cop yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you could like slip them money and, yeah. and they'll fuck off, you know? Yeah. And um and it's funny, man, to, to have that culture is because people get like so underpaid that you you know you have like, to like I, I agree with everything that you're saying. Like it, for sure, like people get paid and all those things, but I also think it's top level too. I th- I think the bigger guys, like the presidents and the governors or whatever you want to call them, I think they're getting paid off as well. well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So they don't want it to happen either because yeah. I think also presidents of other countries want that to happen. Like that, that's my two cents. That's my belief. You know, like I think the U.S. First of all, like what is it like 80 percent of bills have cocaine on them or blood? I think is it's that, cocaine. Yeah. Is, is it that's not a myth? It's like maybe shit. it is a myth. But maybe. even if it is a myth, it's a pretty fucked up myth. Yeah. But all I'm saying is that like I think the U.S. is down for all these drugs to come in like it or not, because even the war on drugs and all of these things, you know, they, they do create money. All of the like, even now in Canada, the legalization of cannabis, there's a huge thing of marijuana. So I think not only is there like the the petty th- like I mean the the cop taking like one grand, but also there's a president that's getting like fifty million yeah. to be like I don't let this law pass, you know. And I think all of those things create that environment as well. Like they make sure that that environment is there. It is. It definitely is. Because like, dude, I just saw something in the elevator. Like they want to put four G on the moon. What do you mean four G? Four G like uh. What is it called? Like the signal for your phone? They want to put on the moon so that the entire world can have it. Like Nokia is working on it. And they're like, I I didn't read the whole thing because it was just like a slider. But they're like, yeah, Nokia is close to getting 4G on the moon so the entire world could have it. Like antennas on the moon. Oh, yeah. And and what what is that going to do? It's going to give everybody full fucking Wi-Fi or something? Yeah, it's going to give everybody internet access. So what they also want to do is do micro satellites. And like they they put satellites all around the world and they create this like sphere around it, like not big ones, but smaller ones. They create this sphere around so you could give internet to the entire world, basically. So in Africa, in the desert of Africa, you could have fucking internet. I definitely feel like Wi-Fi is going to be an antiquated uh, technology. Like it's just going to expire. Like soon, like there's gonna be a time where because it's gonna be like internet or what do you mean? No, Wi-Fi. No, it's just gonna disappear in the sense that like uh, like our kids are not gonna know like what Wi-Fi is. Like I feel like so what is it gonna be replaced by? I just feel like everyone's gonna have 
like internet like or data rather yeah exactly so like the internet like yeah. the 4g you just connect it right away like you don't yeah. have to connect to a wi-fi so it's gonna be like oh back in my days i exactly. used to connect to a wi-fi we used to go to the tim hortons and you know connect to the wi-fi we weren't as lucky and privileged as you kids were yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? exactly that's gonna be the, the the talk that people are gonna have so like if we could do that like create sat- like satellites for the entire world and stuff like that and i'm just like mm. you know i feel like we have the resources in a certain way to get rid of like the pain off and all those things like problems let's say that the, there are in countries because like if we were to want to we could Okay, yeah, you're saying the technology is going to facilitate. I mean, technology is fucking amazing. Yeah. And now we're talking about that we can't, like, we can't change a country because, like, the like they're getting paid off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think. No, yeah, yeah but it's two different uh, two I know. topics. It but is, but it's just, like, there's but power. But it, it, it's definitely going to facilitate a lot of uh, scenarios for, like, third world countries. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the access to information and all that. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think everybody could uh, conceptualize how technology could better people's uh, lives. But um, let's um, let's uh, play a little bit of poker. All right. I haven't played poker in forever, so we're just going to go ahead. Uh, let's, you want to do small blind, big blind? Sure. Okay. I'll be small Like blind. we're always going to be having blinds. Okay. Go for it. Okay, I already uh, took out one card. Should we flip or do you want to raise? No, I'm good. Was there any other comments for our uh, podcast? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. Okay, when you ready, just say you ready. You know what's okay. funny is uh, about poker. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm not a poker player, to be honest. I'm not either. <laughs> but whenever I do play, I just get super impatient and I just start being super aggressive. Yeah. Like by going all in, not aggressive, like towards the people. And I kind of like want to get myself out. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's, yeah, you don't have the patience. Thing. Yeah. I see what you mean because poker is a long ass game. Like you need to like have five hours of your time dedicated to at least yeah you got to be playing a slow game yeah exactly it's a super slow game but uh we're gonna play recklessly because we're on a podcast and you know we're just trying to have a conversation and do something at the same time oh so you 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 call three i i i my g i'll 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 equal so you gotta put four right i gotta put four damn son okay can we move on to the next round of who wants to be the next best podcaster and guest podcaster okay boom Damn, son. Maybe we should have a camera that shows this. Yeah, eventually we will have a camera that's on top. Shit. I could see. Um, this, I have to think of better games to play on a podcast that's like more fun. Like this. like, like Django would be fucking fun. Django? Which one? Jenga. Jenga? Isn't, that's what it's called, right? The one, the one where like you, you have all the blocks and then you pull out the blocks oh, and it like damn. crashes and shit. That'd be fun. It'd be, yeah, it'd be you really need less mind games and more like doing games. It's true. It's true. You're right. I'll, I'll, I'll think of that maybe for the next podcast. Because then after you're just talking, Shane goes, Kush, and then yeah. everyone just trips balls. It'd be funny. Yeah, but then it kind of sucks when it all falls down. Radio, when it all falls yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. Kanye when West. Fall- <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Kanye, see, we even sponsoring you, motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, did I did I sacrifice a card? Okay, now here, boom. And Yo, then stop looking at the cards, no, man. Bro, I saw you. Chill, bro. I saw you. Chill. We didn't even do a check or anything. Oh, this guy true. doesn't even know how to play poker. It's true. <laughs> it's all right. Forgive me. It's all right. No, forgive me for my sins. Okay. All right, let's do it. Big money. Big money business. Don't throw it on the thing because I feel like the mic is going to pick up the sound and people are going to be like, oh my God, this is like so annoying. Like Chimp Talk is like, oh my God, they don't know what they're doing. It's like so noisy. I listen to the producer slash wizard behind the curtain. 
Okay, yeah, I don't know how the sound sounds like, but he, he doesn't have his headphones on, so he wouldn't know, dog. Okay, so are you ready to bet more uh, chips? These are the final cards. I, I put those? You called me? I called you. You ready, B? No, I'm good. Let's do it. You check? Yeah. I check. Ladies and gentlemen, please reveal your cards. You have queens. I got a pair of queens and a I nines. got a pair of fives. That's what's up, bro. Give me all That's that what's money. Up. Damn, cuz. Where'd you get that from? Big money business. Look at the statistics. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to uh, start this new chapter of, uh, of my life where I'm going to move out and be a free bird. Because I'm as free as bird. So tell me, Habibi. How's tell everything? Me Habibi. Everything very nice. Yo, ha, very uh, nice, Habibi. How much? Uh, how, uh, how, what time is it? <coughs> it's what? Twenty minutes. It's only been twenty minutes. That's good. Yeah, it's that actually. That's a long time. So, Maybe. can I talk about something? Yeah, you can talk about everything you want. About everything I want. Okay. I want to talk about one thing that I'm super obsessed with. Okay. Okay. Go Which on. is like, there's a lot of things I'm super obsessed with. But uh, we're going to drop an affiliate link once okay. so we can make that big money. But there's two books, okay? Dot-com Secrets and Expert Secrets mm -hmm. by Russell Brunson. And literally these two books, I'm obsessed with them because I read it and I understand everything that the internet game has to do. Like even podcasts, everything in the internet game, he like sums it all up in these two books. Like one book is like how to find your voice. Mm -hmm. You know, like what kind of character you want to portray online. You know, it's not about being inauthentic or anything like that, but it's more about like what stories should you tell? You know, how can people resonate with your stories? Like, and it helps you do that. Like the psychology behind it. And then another one's like how to implement it. But it's like two books that are like 200 pages each. And I've, I've read them once and I keep reading them and I just keep reading. Like I'm literally rewriting the book practically and doing things. So what I wanted to say is like, I find it insane that sometimes you have books that you know if you apply this book, is gonna change the fucking life, like your life, like insanely, if not like the world. And I find like, I, I'm curious, do you ever have books like that, that you're just like, damn, this fucking book, if I understand every fucking sentence in this book, I'm gonna be a beast. Yeah, well, I feel like uh, back then, like when I, when I would read self-help books, I would feel that way. Mm. But a lot of the times you live off, uh, you get a little high of, of a self-book, like for a couple of days, and then you just like kinda, you take maybe like like one golden nugget out of that self-help mm -hmm. book and you kind of carry it forward with you but everything else like kind of like loses steam yeah in, in a way. but like this is more a marketing book and less a self-help yeah. book so maybe it's because it's more practical exactly like That's it's more implementation say. yeah yeah exactly whereas like um self-help books it's like it's it's almost like a lot of it is the same thing yeah, yeah. like for instance is uh, like be grateful well just like let's say a fiction book right even a fiction book, like you might read it a couple of times more than once, but over a period of your life, but you probably won't like reread it 10 times, like in a row, because you're like, damn, this is fucking so good that I need yeah. to implement well, this shit. Maybe you haven't, but there's, there's definitely some people that would. I believe, it. yeah. Yeah. Because uh, the, the thing about fictional books is that they'll tell, tell a story. And, and there's a lesson behind yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. The lessons yeah. behind those stories are what people like really love, you know? Yeah. And I. I and I want to become more of a fictional reader. Yeah. Whereas I'm more of a nonfiction reader. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like I need to switch things up. You know, I can't always be uh, reading like self-development. Have you read like, The Alchemist? No. Like it's one of the few fiction books I've read 
There's like a handful that I've read, but read The Alchemist, man. It's fucking amazing. Mm. Like it's really amazing by Paulo Coelho. It's really amazing book. Do you have a? Do you have a lot of books? I have like maybe yeah. twenty books. Twenty twenty five. No, I got like a bookcase. I got a decent amount, like yeah. probably a hundred or fifty something like that. I wanted to ask you about know. appliances. About <laughs> like kitchen appliances and no, stuff. No, but like yeah, what do you have and shit? But I uh, don't have any. I sold them all. Oh yeah, you sold yeah. everything. So yeah. you're just coming in with your bed, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Like a, a room. Okay. Yeah. And I, I got stuff for like the kitchen and stuff like that, but I don't got appliances because I wasn't gonna like bring, uh, like a stove in my room. Right. You know, I sold I sold everything, and plus it gave me a lot of ha- like hassle free. The people that came in bought it. I got money. Like that's yeah. kind of what it is. Okay. But you gotta kijiji that shit. Unless it comes with it, you gotta kijiji that shit. Well, I ain't, I ain't about about to drop like two grand on a oh, fucking yeah. perfect oven. Trust me, bro. I have like, I ha- like we're gonna be strapped. I believe you. Like I have Iranians, man. The Persians <laughs> are fucking crazy with that shit. No, no, no. Um, I was thinking about this. I was like, damn. Habibi, darling, we have 15 condo visits <laughs> in three hours. Press the gas. <laughs> no, we have like five today. But um, yeah, Persians don't say Habibi. I just have to clarify that. It's just me that says it all the time because I like it. But um, what what's their equivalent of uh, Habibi? I don't know, but like you can say like uh, Kevin June or. Oh yeah, June is like June, dear. but yeah, it's like dear. But like you would say that I would I would say that to a girl more, more than I would say that to a guy. It kind of sounds weird if you say it to a guy, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah, but um, some okay, yeah, let's go. Here. Let's move on. But I'm really super excited because the one that I want is like near here, near work. Yeah. So it'd be just ideal to like just crush work and then just be able to like walk home. You know, and just For sure. spend 15 minutes of transportation. For sure, like, man. I'm tired of fucking. Yo, you got to read these two books I'm talking about because even about I want to even yeah. about the podcast. Like it's a, it's about traffic and all of these things. Like the internet game is about traffic, right? So traffic is people that are online. So the four views or the five views or the five people that listen to it, those are traffic. Like where did they come from? And you know, like it explains all of that and how you could get more and how you can monetize it and all these things and it's concepts that we already know. Like yeah. for sure, we already know. But he packages it in a book, so I think it'd be really beneficial, like for but a lot of people. You know what's funny? The, the, there was a time, like before this book, right now, I was reading two other books, but I was just like cycling it. Like, what I'll, book right now? Right now, I'm reading the Twelve, 12 Rules, the yeah. Twelve Rules of Life. Jordan uh, Peterson. Chaos to uh, antidote to chaos. Yeah. And then, um, but what I realized is that like, so, sometimes you get like kind of bored. Yeah, for sure. So you like it's good to like read like two books at, at the, the same, same time. time. Yeah. Uh, like they have different like tones. Yeah, I agree. So like, you never get like bored, right? Yeah. So you could be like, "What am I feeling?" Yeah, exactly. Like you go with what you're feeling. Yeah. So I I, I need to add another book. I I ordered an, uh, one book on, on Amazon. It's like a, how to manage yourself, and it's like a really small booklet. Mm. Faraz Zahabi uh, recommended that book, and I was like, oh, I gotta have it. He's like, this is probably the best book to manage yourself. Hmm. Who's Faraz Zahabi? Zahabi, he's a uh, GSP's uh, coach. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, I follow his channel, and he does like amazing breakdowns of like MMA f- uh, techniques. Dope. He's like really good at explaining it. Dope, and he recommends that book. I think like one of the good things about having multiple books is that like you're feeling it, like you're saying, like you're hungry for the information, and sometimes you're not necessarily hungry for that type of information. Mm-hmm. Like if you're about to go to bed, you might not want to read like an implementation book yeah, exactly. or like how to do these exercises because you're like yeah. you're not going to do it yeah, you're not in a mental state you're not yeah and then you guilt trip because you're like i'm not in the mental state and then like you don't <laughs> read because you're guilt tripping <laughs> yeah, exactly. so you start associating guilt tripping with reading yeah 
Or if you have like but, multiple books, but it's just that book. It's like okay, yeah. you're gonna want to open an Excel sheet, and you're in, you're in bed. You're like, bruh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, nah. <laughs> or like when you're two months on the same book, like fucking burn the book, dude. Like you don't want to read the book. Like stop reading the book or put it down at I'm least. I'm trying to think if there was a book that I had to put on hold and then went back to. I feel like there is one, but I for, 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 forgot. Hmm. Probably for Probably. sure. Ah, uh, okay. So, so we're, you're we're, ba- you're big blind, my I'm friend. Big blind. I big money business. Look at the statistics. Wouldn't it just suck if like people just start like we just folded the whole time? There's only two it's people. Like I fold, and then we have to restart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fold, restart, fold, restart. We should at least get this guy to play. He likes being the man behind the curtains. Yeah, exactly. And uh, okay, so you call. Yeah. All right. So I burn one. Pull one out. God damn, son. God damn, son. So it's my turn. Yeah. yeah. I check. I'll check too. <laughs> <laughs> you know how this is going. Okay. Boom. Six. Oh, okay, shit, bro. bro, we gotta keep talking. If there's people listening to this, it's gonna be like, oh my god, these guys are like so like, oh my god. Okay. Is that uh, is that how the, <laughs> is that how the viewers sound? <laughs> All five of them. <laughs> That's okay. my demographic. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so uh, I raise by one point five million. No, I'm kidding. Okay, so two blues. I don't know what this means. And <laughs> two blues. There's value, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. So sorry. Okay, t- yo, tell me the fucking crazy story. <laughs> Crazy story? Yeah. What crazy story? A crazy story? Yeah. We feel like you were gonna. I can tell you a crazy fucking story. Okay, I'm down. The first time I went bipolar. Okay, and how was that? The first time, not the last time, but the first time. Okay. And so a a long time ago, even to this day, I'm afraid of heights. Right. To a certain extent. Okay. And I was 18, maybe 19, 18. So yeah, this one time I was chilling with my friend. We went out in the morning. He's like, dude, wouldn't it be sick if we went skydiving? I was like, yeah, man, it'd be fucking dope. He's like, are you down? I'm like, yeah, I'm down. That's it. He's like, okay, two months later, he's like, next week we're going. Like, I already booked us everything. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> and then the next week comes. I was like, okay. I was like, not saying anything. I was like, next week comes. I'm like, I hope this doesn't happen or whatever. <laughs> Next week comes, he's like at my house with two buddies that I don't even know. He's like, yeah, we're going down. I was like, oh, shit. I go in the car. I'm like, shit, this is actually going down. And like the reason why I was like, yeah, I'm down. Because first of all, I was like, yo, I'm going to break through my fear of heights. I'm going to break through it, man. Like I'm just going to destroy it like completely. So now I'm going. And like, man, the car ride there, it was so funny. Everyone's talking. Everyone's having a good time, listening to music, getting to know each other and stuff. Then we're like, <laughs> then the GPS is like five minutes. And we're just like. Dead silence Like no one's fucking talking It was our first time Everyone But then like five minutes there Everyone's like Oh shit Like talking a little bit less Then we ease up And have you ever been skydiving? No never Dude it's a pretty fucking crazy experience And like so then we get there And it's like It was in Farnham Which is in like the south shore Or some place Off the 10 or the 30 And um you go in, it's like a farm area. There's landing strip, like there's landing strips, and there's little ses- there's little planes and stuff. And we go into this place, and there's literally kids, there's literally kids, like twelve or thirteen year old kids, rolling up the the uh, parachutes, rolling up the parachutes and putting them back in the bag and stuff like that. So it's like this family run type of thing, like skydiving place. Wait, kids, kids are allowed to do that? Well, I guess here they were. 
I don't know if they were practicing. I don't know if that was kids like a practice. Kids can't even go on a freaking roller coaster. No, no, bro. they're not allowed to do that. But I mean, like the kids were like rolling up the parachute. I don't know if that was like just practicing to learn how to do it, or, they just or if they were off. actually like, "Hey, kid, you do that, and then give it to this guy." But either way, I remember that making me trip. I'm like, "Is it or this fucking?" Or kid? they had landed and they were like putting it back in the bag. No, they didn't land. I don't think. No, I don't think so. Anyways, I just remember like seeing this movie, and then they're like, "Sign this fucking piece of paper." And it's like literally We're a death. Not responsible for your death, yeah. Yeah, it's a death waiver. Like yeah. you sign this piece of paper. Anyways, that's like that's not even close to the bipolar. Um, but then, so the craziest part is like you go in, you go in a plane, and then it's like it's just, it's a plane like exactly like an army plane where you just have like a, a rectangle box, basically kind of like a, a bus seat, but a really crappy bus seat, like you know like aluminum and aluminum, just so you could sit down. And they shove people in. So you open the door of the plane and people get in. Like there's like 10 people on each side. So tuck, 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 and you're literally like this. Like you're like this. So everyone's like this. And then after you start going, you start going and there's a big red light. Then after you're going up, you're going up. Everyone's chill. Everyone's talking. You're talking. You're my guy. Called him um, Bruce Willis because my guy was like shaved head, like fucking gangster. Oh, yeah. So I was like calling him Bruce Willis. <laughs> And uh, so we're going up, we're talking, everyone's chilling. And then as soon as the plane like equalizes, right? As soon as it stops like climbing in, in elevation, like everyone goes like dead silent. I'm like, oh fuck. You know that feeling when you get when you're like, boom? Yeah, like your heart goes like, it like yeah, sinks. It's like, and I was like, oh shit. And then after the light goes green. So then, and then I was like, oh fuck. Then I realized again, I was like, yo, this plane ain't landing. Like I've been on planes before, but this one ain't landing. Like, it is, but not with me in it. Like, I'm jumping off of this motherfucking plane. So I was, like, fucking tripping. I was sweating. I'm already afraid of heights. I'm looking down. All I see is clouds. I'm, like, fucking tripping balls. Turns out I was the last one in the plane. I was the last one in the plane. So you watch everybody jump? Which means I'm first one out. Oh, no way. So the light goes green. The guy opens the fucking door. <laughs> It's right next to you, dude. It's insanity. It's insanity. It's like fucking crazy. You can't hear anything. The guys yell at me. He's like, "Get on your knees!" I'm like, "What? Get on your knees!" Like, okay, so I get on my knees, and literally right there, like fucking four feet away, is a gaping fucking hole. Like, it's the door, and it's just gaping. Like, you're, you're what? I think you're, yeah, you're like fifteen, eighteen thousand feet in the sky. And he tells me to get on my knees and I'm like four feet away from it because I'm afraid. And he's like, get closer. And I'm like, nah, bro. He's like, get fucking, like, he's get closer. This guy was gangster. So I get closer and closer and he still hasn't attached me. Oh, like no he still way. hasn't, he has I swear to God, he still hasn't attached me. He's like, get closer. So then finally I get closer. If the but, door's open and I'm not attached to the, to the man that's going to pull the parachute, I'd be Dude, I was tripping balls. You, wait, do you have a parachute when this is happening? No, no. You, 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 you have a harness. You have a like. You have a suit and a harness because he hooks onto you and he's got I the know, parachute. But when the door opens, you don't have it. You don't have it. He's like, get on your fucking knees. And then I'm so tripping you balls. Tripping, you just Dude, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was tripping. I'm like, get on your knees. I'm like, I right. <laughs> like lying parallel. He's like, your knees, idiot. <laughs> You're like on your back I was dying, but the, but the reason why is because you have to get on your knees like that because he comes in and he goes like that and he straps you. Mm. So like it's like he's literally got to baby you and like go on you and then strap you like right like right. this. Okay, okay. So like that was the reason why. But then so finally I'm a little bit closer because I did. I was like, no, fucking strap me in. So then he finally straps me in. He's like pushing me to the edge. Then I was I was like this man. I had my knees on the line of like steel. 
and I was looking down and it was clouds. Like it was clouds. I did not see anything. It was just clouds. That's the moment I had bipolar, man. I swear to God. Because I was there and I, like I'm in the present. I'm like, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy it's fuck. Not bipolar, bro. You just don't want to die. Like everybody no. would react that way. Like you don't want to jump. I get it. Nobody no, wants- no. But this is this is what I was gonna say though. So like that's normal. Like I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump. But what wasn't normal? The first time I ever experienced this was like literally another fucking voice in my head came in, and was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like literally, like I was scared and all these things. And another voice came in and was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Then after like another like my my other voice was like, "I already paid for this." I I swear to God, it was like, "I already paid for this. I have to do this." Then another voice was there and was like, "You don't want your friends to like you don't want your friends to think that you're a pussy, and like you can't back out now." And then there was like this like a super ego voice just being like. You're gonna like don't do this. Like you're gonna fucking die. Then the guy's just like three, two, one, and I just like, and it was insanity, bro. It was insanity. You're flying at like one sixty, and we're doing flips and shit. Like oh fuck, it's insane, bro. Did you like open up? Yeah, and then like so then you flip, and then you like you open up. You're like chilling. You're like, and like even breathing. It's hard. You can't breathe. Yeah, it's just you have to do this. That's how you breathe. Cause I was like, <coughs> and I started choking cause it dried out my throat like instantly. And then that was, that was hilarious. And then finally you're there you're like, oh shit. And then everything's like, let's say you see like a lake or whatever it is. And then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, you know, yeah. so you're flying so fast. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the dopest part is when he pulls the parachute, you're just like, Goosh. and then you feel that weightlessness times a million. Like people literally throw up cause it's a G force. And then you feel weightless Then you're just chilling. Like a boss, dude. Like that's the coolest part. Oh, you're chilling like part. a boss. And then he's like, boom, and you're like, bah! like you're flying in circles and does the other thing. My guy was crazy. He's, he let go. He, he, he's like, um, he's like, what? He's like, because there's rings. He's like, do you want to control it? Like the rings, like so that I could turn and do things like that. I'm like, nah, man, it's cool. Like you're the professional. I'll let the professionals handle it. He's like, well, someone's got to. Let's go. The rings. We start like fucking spinning, dude. And I was like, oh shit. And so I grabbed it. I swear, my god, it was crazy. So I grabbed it, and that was cool though. So I grabbed it, and I started doing it. And like, anyways, it was really fucking fun. And you're just chilling for like ten minutes, going down, going down. Then finally, when you come close to the ground, like you're actually fucking flying. So the guy's like, start running. And you're like, what? It's like, start fucking running. So you start running because you you literally have to hit the ground running okay. like you literally so have, you to, have to go like this in the air yeah you have to like start balling like, <laughs> so that you hit the floor running so you hit the floor running but i came in like completely on the wrong step <laughs> so like, go <laughs> i swear but the guy was like pro enough to like kind of like Lift pick me up a little bit like i fell but then i was able to like okay, carry okay, myself okay. a bit okay, yeah. but yeah it was intense I'm, I'm sweating just thinking about it oh god damn i don't know if i would want to do that man like to be honest, insane. like it's like it's something that I have to fa- face too, yeah. eventually. But I'm just like never ready for it. But I swear to God, when when you land, you're on the biggest high ever. Like literally, you could take on a train. Like you would die, but you feel like you could take on a train. Like you could stand in front of the, uh, the train and stop it. Yeah, like this like, train, yeah. like that. Yeah. Because you're you're so high, you're like, let's do this again. Because like I right, another five hundred bucks. <laughs> you're like, okay, never mind. <laughs> Can't do it. But uh, yeah, it's fucking sick, man. I'm not gonna lie. But I'm still afraid of heights, so it didn't really work. Cause it's not the same thing. Remember, uh, remember when we got, uh, like we, when we went to the 18th floor. Yeah. Even yeah. that, like sometimes I, I look down. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, whoa! Like every time I look down, I, f- 
feel this like holy shit I'm gonna fall. Yeah, you get this disoriented feeling. What amazes me, like you're 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 uh, an engineer. Yeah. What amazes me is like these tall ass buildings mm-hmm. and how like the weather could be so awful and like somehow like you've they they build this like square aerodynamic building yeah. that just like doesn't feel anything. Like to me what amazes me the most is glass. Yeah, glass is crazy. Glass, I don't get it, bro. Like, like well, sometimes the storms, and I'm like, I'm looking at the building, and it's fucking tall, and I'm like, yo, how does this like resisting? Yeah, it is crazy, man. And glass like scares me. I always feel like you can like push it, and like it's gonna fall. Like, yeah, yeah it's gonna just like. Sink. Like, what's the the engineering behind that to make sure that it never falls? Like, they, they must be so sure and convinced. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, Your safety factors like crazy. Like the calculation must be perfect for it to be like, okay, well, there's no way this glass is gonna fall. If it was perfect, we'd all be dead. It's more than perfect. It's like 10x perfect. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like they put it's safety so, factors on safety factors. Exactly. It's so solidified that, yeah. that engineering that we just see high rises with like all these like glass. And like I like what I like to call it also, it's like it's almost like the iceberg theory. It's like the iceberg, you see the tip of the iceberg and you're like, damn, this is fucking sick. Like I can't believe that it's doing all of this, like going through weather and stuff. But like underneath, there's like a shitload that's helping it, you know? It's the same thing with skyscrapers. They got this crazy ass foundation. So like we're seeing the, the half that's stuck out. You're not seeing the half that's inside. So even though this thing is like, oh my God, it's gonna fall, it's because you have this that's stuck in the ground, you know, like driven into the ground that makes it able to do that. So it's not like it's just on the ground. And then it's gonna fall. It's like really deep, so it's like you're having this. I get it. I get it. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely envision that. What What amazes me is the glass. The glass, windows. yeah. Like, is it like I don't get it? Like, what did they use? Is it like super glue or? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but like, what exactly is like holding the glass up against the building? Yeah, well, probably like bolts, dude. Nuts and bolts, and they got some type of oh, con- some type of connection that's there is for it sure. I guess it depends where, like, what building. I can't speak for all buildings and all glass, but for sure they got some type of connection that doesn't, man. Even looking here, you can see around that there's glass. They got sockets and stuff. They do tests, right? So literally, like, in like, labs. I wonder if, like, if I would run towards it and just, boom, like, body slam it, if it would, like, Well, like, this one right here for sure. Yeah, this one right here for sure, but you know those buildings where it's just Like glass? the CN Tower, let's say. Like, have you been in the CN Tower where you're looking yeah, down? Yeah, yeah, I have. So, you th- like, how how thick yeah, do you think that glass no, is? That, 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 that glass is really thick. Yeah. But, um... So, like, even if you were to jump, which you, like, I did it, like, no, scary I, as fuck. I, I wonder if, like, you body slam, like, a glass window off of a high rise. Yeah. Like, you run towards it and you just go... No, I don't think it's going to do anything. No? No. Like, they gotta, like, I hope they account for that. Yeah, I hope so too. They're like, oh shit, just one calculation we forgot to do. <laughs> what if some dude, some idiot drunk dude rogue and he's like, <laughs> runs this. into this and like, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so I called the two blues. Yeah, so now we got to show and, and you you called it, so yeah. we revealed the cards. I have a flush. Oh, so do you. But who has the higher no, flush? we don't have a flush. Bro. I have a flush, bro. I have a hearts. Okay. And there's four hearts. Oh, you, oh, yeah. Okay, since you didn't know we had a flush. One, two, you three, have a flush four, too? five. Nah, I went no. How? Because mine's higher. Is that how it works? Yeah. We need a poker professional to come in here. Yeah. That's cool, man. I'm Fine, like, bro. I Fine. like winning, bro. <laughs> okay. There you go. That's for you. What's the? Tell me a crazy story now. That was a pretty fucking crazy story. Yeah, that is a pretty a pretty crazy story. I'm trying to think. I'm like, I I hope I have enough life life experience to to share on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's gonna be an issue in the future. I'm gonna have to go on a, like a one year adventure and then come back on the podcast and be like, "Hey guys," or just like weekly adventures. Yeah, I should. 
Th- like I can shoot you in the kneecap one day and just have no, like no. a crazy. That's story. one of the reasons I want to like try myself <laughs> at uh, stand up because I feel like I have to experience something and like be able to talk about it. Yeah, that'd be cool. But um, I've always I don't know. Tell don't me know. a crazy ass story. Don't think too much. I'm trying to think of a crazy ass story. Um, this one time in band camp. <laughs> I for sure have all kinds of crazy stories. I just can't think of one right now. But yeah, I can't. I can't function like this. I, I need a uh, more structure. I have to have some uh, some questions lined up. But uh, wait, h- how much time has it been? Habibi, darling, I'm in. Do you have a question? Fifty minutes. Fifty minutes. Uh, and what time is it exactly? What, what would you like to talk about? I mean, but we do have uh, we do have shit to do. So, one twenty. It's one twenty. Okay, yeah, actually, we, go. we got ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. We hit the hour mark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, boom. <clears throat> okay, play, play something. Cause we don't talk anymore. A little curiosity question for the viewers: You work in structure engineering. Is there different branches or something? How come you're not a specialist of buildings? I thought you build buildings for rich ass uh, petrol companies. Yeah, I do. But like, what's the question? Like, are there are there multiple branches of uh, building engineers or uh, structural engineer? And what's the difference between what you did and the ones mm. that are making tall ass buildings? Yeah. <coughs> so good. Yeah, good question. Actually, it's pretty simple. There's like, there's a Structural engineers that build, let's say, cities. So, like the building that we're in right now, and they work with architects, right, to create all of this basically. And it's more habitable. So, I would call it even building engineering. So that that is that is a type of engineering, building engineering. So you have to think about the HVAC, you know, the heating and ventilation, basically, and the entire like aerodynamics of the building. And in other words, there's more laws when it's occupancy, like when it's human occupancy, like if it's a theater and if it's all of those things, it's like a different law book. And that's a type of structural engineering as well. Like you could focus in that. Whereas for the structural engineer, it's still the same skeleton of the building, but you have to make sure that you account for all the weight inside. You work with the architect and all of that. And then the easier way, I would call it the easier way is um, structural engineers that work for like industrial. So it's like, it's not people going in and out of this building every single day. So you don't have to like live up to all of those standards. Like, you know, if there's millions of people coming in here, it has to be like super safe, but it's more like, Hey, we want to have this building so that we could take this massive drill and put it in the ground. Right. And how does this work? So it's more like big engineering, you know, like if you're a kid and you ever watch those like construction shows or like, how did they get that done? And it's like a crazy, like, you know, it's like special case engineering industrial. So that's, that's what I worked in. And the only reason why I say it's easier is because it's, it's bigger and it's more simple in the, in the fact that like what it's trying to do is accomplish like maybe one purpose and like that. Yeah. I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> okay. So it's more like towards the practicality on the construction field and the, exactly than having like the comfort for people. Exactly. That's pretty much. I, that's why pretty much you have like uh, these. Les échelles, come on. Yeah. Ladders. These ladders that aren't safe in the petrol industry, exactly in the citizen, well, in the citizen places, pretty much. Exactly. So, like here, like there's 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 the building code basically that you have to have like in and out, you know, egress, 
um, an ingress to make sure that like if it's on fire, people know how to get out. All of those things. Whereas in industrial applications, where there's one guy that's going to go there every five years, you don't have to do the exact same things. You know what I mean? And that's basically how it is. Like that's what it is. That's cool. That's very interesting. It is cool, man. Knowledge is power, but applied knowledge, applied knowledge, is wisdom. Is that what the quote is? I don't know. All right. Um, what was I gonna ask you? Um, yeah. So yeah, actually, people were asking me like, um, like about the coaching that you do, and I know that you mentioned uh, on the podcast that it was a solution-based uh, yeah. coaching. But um, tell me what coaching has done for you as a person who received coaching advice from someone who is supposedly more uh, experienced than you are mm -hmm. in, in coaching. <clears throat> like, tell me some, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Something that, that, that really benefited you in a way. Hmm. In your coaching experience. I don't know. You do have a coach, right? Yeah. 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 And you you are in contact with him. Yeah. Every two weeks. Every, every two weeks. Every two or three weeks. And you guys get on a phone call. Yeah. And he coaches me. Right. And you essentially tell him like all your goals and all the things you want to do. Yeah. Right? He already knows them all. Yeah. And what's blocking you and, and whatnot. He already knows them all. It's more like on a case by case basis. Let's say like what stopped you this week? Or like did you get what you wanted to get done this week? Right. But like if I look just like more generally what it is is just like having someone who's like on your side for your success without their own agenda so like your your father your mother your sister your friends like it or not they have their own agenda you know it's just like it's human nature right um your mom is going to want you to do the best that you could do but also in the safest way possible if you're like mom i want to be a fucking professional skydiver skydiver and the chances of me dying is 50 percent like most likely your mom's not going to be super happy like just naturally oh, supportive yeah. you know i'm going to be i'm going to be what is those those squirrel suits i'm going to fly and like fucking 80 percent of them die like most likely she's not going to like she has her own agenda keeping you safe right like keeping her kids safe whereas a coach you're like this is what i want to fucking do and then the person's like all right so let's get it done like there ain't nothing stopping you then you're there and you're like, well, yeah, there's uh, stuff stopping me. Like this fucking person said I was ugly yesterday or whatever it is. I, I, like I'm exaggerating, but like actual things like, you know, like, yeah, well, I don't have the skill to do this. OK, well, then how could you get that skill? How could you learn that? You know what I mean? So it's just having someone there without their own personal agenda and really just caring about like what you want to do and helping you get through it with the wisdom that they have has helped me a lot because I realized like I'll get what I want as long as I work towards it. And I'm not trying to like fulfill other people's dreams. I try to fulfill my own. And then eventually you fulfill others by being happy, being a better version of yourself. And even if you don't, well, fuck the other people if they don't if they don't want you to be happy. You know, like fuck them. Who cares? How much uh, how much pressure do you feel to perform well in life in order to be a coach? Because you you feel like you have to be eating well or training or. Uh, mm. Advancing in your career or advancing and bettering your relationships around you. So, how much did you feel the pressure of like having to live up to this ideal version of yourself in order to be more congruent when you're coaching people or clients? Yes and no. Yes and no. And I, I used to feel that a lot more. A lot more. Where like I have to be a multi-billionaire to ever be a coach, right? But then like as I got deeper and as I learned more and as I helped more people. 
being from the situation that I was in, not not multi-billionaire, I realized that I could I could help people by being a coach without even having that level of status. I'm not saying that that status won't help me be a better coach and all those things, but I realized that I could do it without it. And also another thing is that like, just look at the market, right? Look at people. So I went to, I've been to multiple coaches and I went to a coach and I like here in Montreal and I wasn't impressed. You know, I paid money. I actually asked for a refund for like half the class, like half, not the classes, but the sessions. And I wasn't impressed. And I was like, man, if this guy's coaching and this guy's helping lives, I could fucking do it because like this was very shallow. This wasn't deep, you know, like I've literally read more books than him. And I feel like I'm genuinely want to help people more than him. Then I see people that are like, their website looks like it's from the 90s, which has nothing to do with it, but their website looks like it's from the 90s. They don't use any internet practice and they're fucking changing lives. Like they're working with crazy people, you know? And I've like, since I went through coach training, I saw a bunch of different types, like the super successful entrepreneur coach who helps entrepreneurs and like has a crazy website and does marketing videos. Then I saw people that are like, hey, I live in BC in the forest and I'm like a deep spiritual coach. So like seeing all of that kind of took the pressure off of what I had in mind, you know, like as in like, I have to be this external thing and more of like what I want, like how I want to be, because ultimately how you want to be is how you're going to serve people the most, you know, like I wouldn't be the, like, because I don't want to be, I wouldn't be the best spiritual coach just yet, you know, yoga coach or anything like that just yet, because I, I haven't like fulfilled in that area, but I also don't like, I have, I don't put my effort to that area kind of. Right. So, do, so, you f- do you feel like okay? Yeah, keep going. No, but so so all I'm saying is that like, back in the day, I thought I had to have, quote unquote, my version of success. Now I realize, I don't necessarily need that. Like I don't have to wait for that to help. I could help while getting that. You know, right. you don't have to wait for something and then you're gonna do it. Just like the 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 thing or the quote saying like. Once I have money, I'll be able to give back. Or once I have this, I'm going to be a nicer person. Once I have that, like, that's that's a fallacy. You don't have to do that. It's not once you have something. It's like, do it right now, and then you'll have it. Like, you like music. Well, once I have a, g- a good career, I'll play music. No, play music and while you're going towards it. So it's the same thing. Yeah, I feel like a, a lot of people fall into that fall- fallacy, including myself. Like, for instance, like, I was always thinking, like, Oh, once, uh, once I get the best career and I have this amount of money in my in my account, or and I move out and I have this condo, then I'll be worthy enough of like love. Exactly, I'll be worthy enough of being like fulfilled. And then you catch yourself doing that. And you're like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. Like you're just like sabotaging yourself. Exactly. Because like once I reach this ideal state, that's always out of reach, out of grasp. I'll be worthy enough of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and that that is very tricky, and you have to be very careful, because I felt like I was doing that a lot in the past, mm-hmm. and then I c- kind of like realized it. I kind of realized it like in the past couple of months. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, yeah, yeah. Just go out there. You're enough. Like, go for it. A lot of people feel like they're not enough. You yeah. know what I mean, how would you coach exactly, somebody bro. through uh, feeling like they're not enough? You know what I mean? They don't go get the career that they want because they feel like they're not good enough. They don't go get the relationship that they want because they feel like they're not enough. Because yeah. they feel like they're not in the ideal state, in the ideal place, in the you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so how would you for, coach? Like, like then again, it depends like on the scenario and everything like that. Right. But like just just in in that given frame, you're focusing on the not on what you don't have. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Or what you, you know what I mean? Like, just that changes your frame of reference. So I'm not enough. You are enough. 
So you'd ask them, what do you have? You know what I mean? Like, what do you have? All these things. Or what do you want? And usually when you want some things, it's because you believe that you could get them or that you have a skill and that, you know, somehow you're going to be able to get this, whether you have a network or whatever it is. So there is a root. There is a seed there. And I would focus on that seed that is there, that potential that they do have, that they do believe in and growing that seed instead of focusing, well, I'm not this person. I'm not that person. I'm not enough. I'm not this. I'm not six foot four. I don't have three feet, you know, like instead of focusing on the, the material and also the not, you focus on what they do have or right. what they do want. Yeah. And uh, what helped me a lot, out a lot is writing shit down. Yo, I meant to that. Because uh, I know you write a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I should write even more than I than I do right now but every once in a while when I'm fucking lost every once in a every like once every couple months you're like what the fuck I'm lost yeah like you just lose track of everything yeah and then it's like then you like you almost write like this life purpose yeah, sheet. Yeah. you know what I mean like this is what I want to be you know this is uh, the type of behavior I want to have this is the type of character uh, I want to have yeah and you have to kind of look at what characters do you admire in your role models and it's funny because like uh, I grew up not really having a role model mm-hmm. in my life, and that's why like the, the the like YouTube was so huge to me. Yeah, me too. And like uh, looking up to all these digital role models, like how Joe Rogan, I felt like he was just a supernova of inspiration for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And now a lot of people are just orbiting around him, like creating podcasts, doing stand up, and uh, myself included. You know, yeah, I yeah. feel like I graduated from the Joe Rogan University. You know, <laughs> that's almost how I feel like. But um, yeah, like there's like Joe Rogan, there's like other people online that are just I just look up to. You know what I mean? That's like, the beauty of the internet, man. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's more than him, man. Like, Jason Silva was cool back then. I used to, I got inspired by him because he did, like, he did film and philosophy. Dude, I met him. He's fucking cool. Yeah, and uh, you, cool. you told me about that, like, at the event. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, like, he was cool. Um, Russell Brand is amazing online. Yeah, one thing I want to say um, about writing, though, man, because, like, I, f- I think that could benefit a lot of people. is like, um, I'm reading this book, The Artist's Way. Hashtag. Um, and then the reason why I started reading it is because J. Cole talks about it in an interview. I'm a huge J. Cole fanboy, and he talks about, like, this book in an interview. So I ordered the book, and now I'm going through. It's like a 12-week course. And then the first week, the first thing she tells you to do, uh, Julia Cameron, the book, uh, the first thing she tells you to do is this is for artists, right? And everyone's an artist. She says that everyone's an artist. Um, as soon as you wake up, basically one of the first things you do in the morning is that you write down three pages of free flow anything anything even if you don't know what to write right i don't know what to write for three pages she says you do that every single morning and like it's crazy how much that actually does help because i've been doing it and like you write down and whatever it's on your mind you just write it down even like whether it's a rhyme whether it's like about this girl whether it's about that you suck that you're not successful that you didn't sleep whatever it is you just write it down write it down write it down then literally after those 15 minutes or 30 minutes however long it takes you you feel like you have less on your mind because you wrote all that down and you feel clearer and then after like five six months and that's what she says or not even five six months but days like your it's like your essence is coming through instead of like oh my god i can't forget to do this like i, I want to tell this person to do that yeah and a lot of those things is like you don't even need to do like oh my god i gotta remember to read page 67 of this book like do you really no, but sometimes you do. It's just uh, like writing that to-do list helps a lot. Like, but it's not even a to-do list. It's just like a brain dump. Yeah, it's a brain dump, and it clears your mind. I can imagine how that works for sure. But uh, f- for me, 
like I would catch myself being like, oh, yo, don't forget to do this. Oh, yo, you have to eat on this person. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I just stop. I'm like, dude, just write this shit down and stop fucking replaying it in your mind. Yeah. I'm just like replaying and wasting mental energy on exactly. like the, replaying this idea that of what, what the fuck I have to do today. You know what I mean? Exactly. And not so forgetting you, it. Yeah. You just throw it on a piece of paper and then it's done. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's, it's how people feel man, when they, they write a book, like especially a book like where you went through some sort of trauma. Mm. It's like you almost write it for yourself just to to write it and, and put those words and that story into the past and mm-hmm. just like leave it there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think artists do that a lot, like when they're but, writing um, songs and stuff. Yeah. But uh, another thing that I, uh, a little bit off topic is just like, I feel like uh, a lot of people are, especially in Canada, well, I don't know, maybe my surroundings, a lot of people are like afraid to come on the podcast. And I'm actually gra- grateful that like you don't have that that fear. And uh, and maybe we should. We're be. just talking, bro. Like to me, like it's that simple. But exactly, like that's what I want. I want to like invite people and just have a conversation with them. Whereas, like I feel like a lot of people that I invite mm-hmm. entertain the idea of coming, but then like they, they freak out last minute. Because why do you think that is? Because I was thinking about this. Okay, and there's 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 several reasons for that. Um, one is that they fear saying something that's gonna make them sound stupid. True. Which I get it. You know, I felt that way for for a long time. You know, and uh, it's something that I dealt with mentally, and I just overcame it because I've decided like, there's there's the formal world where like you want to put on a suit and play by the rules of society and like kind of climb the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, if you want to play that game, I see why like coming to a podcast could be fearful because you're like, oh fuck, my job, my reputation. Uh, like I, you know what I mean. I don't want to say something that's gonna put yeah. that at risk. Yeah. So I see that. And then, like, you could also fear, like, saying something that's going to go viral for the wrong reason or being mis- misunderstood. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about this. I'm like, like, uh, imagine we say, yo, that girl's fucking hot. And then, like, somebody just cuts that and you become a fucking misogynist first and it goes viral, yeah, yeah. you know? Totally. And it's like, I get that, how that could happen. So maybe you fear that. Or maybe, maybe certain people are not comfortable with themselves and they have, like, it's lowered like I don't know self-esteem yeah maybe it's just outside their comfort zone too it is it is and uh, maybe they, they feared like not knowing what to say or yeah. I don't know they, a lot of it is fear for sure yeah. and I just want to clarify that like I just want to have a conversation with a person and I want that person just to be real like the, the only requirement is just to have a good attitude and be real yeah so yeah I, I just just I have a bunch of people in mind that I just want to bring to the podcast but I'm just always like oh fuck like they're gonna they're gonna fear or they, they might feel like I don't know it's not gonna serve them do you think like the uh, way you're introducing it could change and maybe make them more like uh, more warm to coming on let's say I feel like the more like consistent I become at this and the yeah. better I become at this the more people are gonna be willing to come on that's for sure uh, I haven't reached out to like a lot of people but I yeah. think like the few people I reach out I feel like a lot of them press the the, the, the fear button yeah I know what you mean you know what I mean yeah for sure um, some people are down but I don't know yeah fear fear is fear is real and it makes sense like a lot of it makes sense um, but like but 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 what I was wondering is I'm like is this a a, a a millennial thing is this a Montreal thing is this a Canada thing because I feel like LA California the, the the West Coast is just killing it everybody's just like consistently like collaborating consistently going on each other's podcasts collaborating in music I just feel like everything is growing so fast over there and I kind of mm-hmm. wish we like we had that culture down here you know I would love to go on somebody else's podcast and like support them or like you know vice versa or like have artists come here and like bust a freestyle yeah speaking of freestyles like would you like to be a freestyle? <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't I, but we need we need a fucking beat and I would be down 
That'd be eventually. But like I, I don't think it's a Montreal thing. I think what happens in the West Coast is that people congregate there, so they they come from all over the world to actually be there and be on that grind. Mm-hmm. So there's more people around there. I know people in Montreal that are hustlers that like are down to, you know, do work sessions, down to come on here, mm-hmm. and like I, th- like maybe it's not exactly in your immediate surrounding and all of that. But I feel like, you know, you can't paint everyone the same brush. Yeah, definitely not. I don't want to do that. I definitely don't want to do that. But uh, I do agree with what you're saying. But like, also, it's like it's it's mediatized, right? So like, Joe Rogan's over there. Is Joe Rogan in LA? Yeah. Yeah. Joe Rogan's over there. So all the self dev like people is that they're over there. So it's kind of like we feel like we're in lack of. So that's why you know the grass is greener on the other side. But maybe if you go there, it doesn't mean you're going to get invited into the podcast no, either. You, yeah, you're definitely not. But I just feel like there is a collaborative spirit in the West Coast. I think it's here too. I, yeah, I hope so. It's here. Maybe not. So. Maybe not as much. That's like maybe, yeah, maybe that's not what as much. Yeah. That's what we should be saying. Maybe not as much. Maybe. Yeah, but anyways, um, I'm, we're gonna wrap this shit up. So uh, we're gonna go with another gratefulness. Oh, nice. So yeah, what are you grateful for, my G? Hmm. I can I can go first if you want. Yeah, please. Um. Yeah. So so last week I felt like a little overwhelmed. Cause I was really fucking busy. Like I'm trying to create this networking event. Yeah. Uh, I had the pa- the podcast in mind. You know, obviously working uh, with Goldcast, like dropping videos like every day. And then I was just like, and then like trying to juggle my social life and and everything. Like oh, and and moving out and like booking for, like condos to visit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit! I felt like really busy. But then, like, I almost saw it as a bad thing. But then I became grateful that I'm busy because there was a time where I wasn't busy. And if it kind of sucks when you're not busy and yeah, you exactly. don't have much going on and, like, you're not doing what you love. And uh, and then it made me realize that I had, like, like this time last year, I had, like, so much anxiety and shit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it had to do with, like, school. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was the last year that I was doing shit that wasn't 100% for myself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There was still part of me that was doing it for, 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 for my parents and part of me that was still doing it for society just to feel, like, uh, accepted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's w- that, that, that's almost, like, half the reason why I went to university. It was just, like, it's more of an external. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely more external than less internal. I believe that. Because, like, dude, like, to be honest, like, w- when we're on that path, do we even have the mindset to evaluate the decision we take? No, we don't. You're in the sauce. You don't That's even realize what I'm saying. It. But it's only after that you stepped out that you're like, whoa. Exactly. Like a lot of that anxiety and stress was just caused because I wasn't being congruent with my own thoughts and beliefs. Like I wasn't in harmony with what I believed. And know? no one ever sat you down and be like, all right, do you want to do this like eight year decision? You know, like, do you want to go through this program like four years and yeah. two years, like at Dawson or whatever it is? Do you want to do this? Like, no one, it's just like everyone takes that for granted. And it's like, that's what you're doing. And if you're not doing it, and, you're fucking crazy. But at the same time, I. Like I don't regret any of my past because I'm I'm happy of where I am today. So I'm happy that I went th- like through that to realize that what I wanted to do. And sometimes you have to go through it. You have to go through school. You have to go through that shitty job. You have to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, for and sure. Through the shitty relationships and, and, and to realize what you do want and what you don't want. So it, it's it's part of the human experience, really. You know what I mean? You yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, I encourage everyone to just like really do what you love. And I th- that was my philosophy, and like I feel like that was the philosophy I followed, like throughout the, like all my schooling and everything. I kept doing like what I loved, you know. What I mean, I was still like working a little bit on my podcast. I was doing videos just like for fun, and then I became a video editor, and then like yeah, yeah. Boom, like, that's you know dope. I mean? like so, I always like followed my my, my heart in a way. That's I dope. Guess, as corny as it sounds, but it's true. It's and true. Like, it's the yeah. real truth. 
So the, the, that's the thing I was thinking about like, oh fuck, I need more money. There's a short way of doing it where you could just get a part-time job and work at, for yeah. something that you don't really believe in. Like, you know what I mean? I could like go back, you know, to the restaurant industry for instance and like make stupid tip money. Yeah. And like, oh, okay, now I have money. But, but I'd rather take the long way which is like, okay, do the podcast and then eventually like you could maybe, you know, yeah, make a living off of this, you know? Yeah. So the longer path is the path that I've chosen and just keep following your heart and eventually you'll bring enough value so that uh, you hopefully, you know, make a living out of it. So that's your gratefulness? Like I guess, yeah, I don't know that it was a bunch of different shit, but yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's a dope one. Um, my, my gratefulness is going to be kind of along the same lines. Like, you know, I'm busy, I'm doing a bunch of shit. And like it's all it's all fun stuff. I'm learning. Like my gratefulness is that like I'm here. Today's a Sunday, and I'm at WeWork. You know, I'm down to work. Like I'm going to work on a Sunday, Saturday. Yesterday I was here. You know, tomorrow I'm gonna be here. Like my gratefulness is that like my days are my days, and it's not like my weekends and my day and my weekdays don't change that much. And I like that like state of flow. Like of course, like it it changes a little bit. You know, you want to chill more on the weekends and all those stuff. But I'm grateful that I'm not like living for the weekends, mm. you know, and fucking hating Mondays. Like just just that is like is like I'm super grateful for that because there's way too many people that hate fucking Mondays, man, and that they just live two days a week. And like even though like we work hard and we do all those things, it's just like it's it's areas that I want to work on. So I'm mad grateful for that. Awesome, man. So, yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for sharing all of that. Thanks uh, for having uh, me. Yeah, that was a uh, chimp talk, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. And please uh, subscribe and follow us. Thank you. Bye.